Jesus, this morning we have come under not just a man's voice, but your voice. Lord, as a minister, I place myself under the voice, the vessel you use, the seventh angel. But we know it wasn't just him, Lord. It was the voice of a mighty angel that reverberated through him. And Lord, this morning we're desiring to hear that voice again. We're living in a troubled world. Father, we're seeing many things unfold around us, but we're not left defenseless. That voice is still our reassurance. That voice is still our direction. That voice is still that which will lead and guide us through the way. Father, we come before you and we're inviting you now to take the minister, take the congregation, Father, you see our humanity, you see our shortcomings. May you forgive us and look through the blood of Jesus Christ. And while we're here this morning, Father, would you come and do that which you need and which you would purpose amongst us. Bless everyone that's here, the visitors that are in our gates and all that are here and all that are listening in, Lord. We give ourselves to you. We invite you now to take the leading role in this service, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. The singing and the preliminaries, we've dragged a little longer again, but let's just go directly to Exodus chapter 19. Exodus chapter 19. A few of the brothers will recognize these scriptures. It's been a thought we've been in uh, as we've been uh, not necessarily in our services, but in, in uh, another place with a few of the minister brothers. Exodus chapter 19. Well, let's start reading from verse 3. And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, how I bare you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then shall you be a peculiar treasure unto me above all the people And all the earth is mine. And you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. So Moses has gone up into the mount. God has spoke to him. Go down to the children of Israel. He goes down to them. And verse 7, And Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before their faces all these words which the Lord commanded him. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses returned the words of the people unto the Lord. So they speak, they answer, Moses goes back and tells God. And then the Lord says to Moses in verse 9, Lo, I come unto thee in a thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak with thee and believe thee forever and Moses told the words of the people unto the Lord. So he's now just saying, 
This is beyond just me and you as a private conversation, but now I'm going to speak out of a cloud. And out of this cloud, the people are going to hear me and you talking. They're not just going to hear a private conversation. They're going to know it's me that's behind your voice. Verse, drop just to save time, let's just drop to verse 16. And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount and the voice of the trumpet exceedingly loud so that all the people that was in the camp trembled. Now just catch a picture. They've come, they've heard from Moses, but now the whole mountain is on fire and lightnings and tremblings and, and uh, lightnings and thunders and they're trembling. Just turn over to chapter 20, verse 18. And all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they removed and they stood far off. And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, for God has come to prove you, and that his fear may be before your faces, that you sin not. God bless his word. You may have your seats. I'll ask you to keep your Bible open as I read a couple of more scriptures. I want you, if I can just make a comment on this before I go further. Out of all of that's recorded in the Bible up until this point, through the book of Genesis, through the, up to the book of Exodus, to this time, God had spoke to Adam. He had spoke to um, uh, Abraham. He spoke to uh, the seed of Abraham. And now, all of these conversations that were recorded were private dialogue. They were between God and man. They were between that. But now this is significant because this is a fulfillment of what God said to Moses uh, when he called him from a burning bush. And he called him and he said, you'll bring the people back to worship in this mountain. And now he's writing, he's going to write commandments and tablets. He's going to give all kinds of orders and instructions. This is going to serve as the basis for the entire Old Testament. And so he's, he's signifying it in a, in a different way than anything he's done to this time. So now we go to Deuteronomy chapter 18. Now the people were exceedingly fearful, and they said to, to God, this is too much for us to bear. Let Moses speak. So now in Deuteronomy 18, this is as Moses is preparing to go off the scene and Joshua will rise, Moses is rehearsing to a generation in the last month of the 39th year and before the 40 years expires, he's rehearsing this to a generation that's going into a promised land. 
a generation that wasn't at the mountain, a generation that didn't see the fear and the trembling. But nonetheless, the effect of that would have to carry through. So in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15, he says, The Lord thy God shall raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto me. Unto him you shall hearken. Now what you've asked of me, what you've seen on me, the the signs, the vindications, all of that was God doing something, but it's pointing to something else. Verse 16, according to all that thou desirest of the Lord thy God in Horeb in the day of thy assembly, saying, let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, neither let me see this great fire anymore that I die not. That's what the people said to Moses. And the Lord said unto me, they have well spoken that which they have spoken. God said, okay, I'm still going to have the effect that I desired, but it's going to come through a prophet. And he says, I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren, like unto thee, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. And it shall come to pass, whosoever will not hearken unto my words, which I speak in my name, I will require it of him. Now there's an authority that's going with what God is doing here. Let me bring two more scriptures to kind of complete where I'm going to go in the service today. John chapter 12. Now the fulfillment of what Moses said was Jesus Christ. And you could take it in in Matthew chapter 17 when they were up on the mount and there was Moses and there was Elijah, two of the greatest prophets and Peter and all and James and the other three that were with him. And they said, let us build three tabernacles. And a voice came from heaven. And the voice said, this is my son. Hear ye him. And Peter was fearful. And when he looked up, he saw no man save Jesus. But now here's Jesus in John chapter 12, verse 26. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. For this cause I came into this hour. Now, Brother Brandon will talk in the seals, and you'll say, this is the ending of Jesus Christ in the Son of Man dispensation. That is the prophetic dispensation on earth. But as he's speaking words, words that will continue to reverberate over seven church ages, words that will still hold their value to this very day. But as he's speaking of his demise, and he's saying this, Verse 28, Father, glorify thy name. Then there came a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people, therefore, that stood by and heard it and said, it thundered. And said, and others said, an angel spoke to them. 
And Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And if I, if I be lifted up from the earth, all men, I will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying the death he should die. The people answered and said, We have heard of the law that Christ abides forever. How sayest thou, the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Now there was a Son of Man dispensation, a prophetic dispensation. It, it, it was forecast right from Exodus. It was, it was projected through the prophets manifest in Christ, but it also had a furtherance to the very end. There had to be another manifestation of the Son of Man. But the effect of the thunder and the mounting and the thunder that appeared again had to come once again in the last day. Let's go to Revelation 10. Revelation 10, we read this last week, and I will be following up my thoughts on last week where we spoke on uh, a voice from heaven and then a voice rising in earth. And I want to speak today on the voice that thunders, that still thunders. The voice that still thunders. Revelation 10, verse 1, and I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven clothed with a cloud and a rainbow was upon his head his feet were as it were his face was as it were the sun and his feet as pillars of fire and he had in his hand a little book open and he set his right foot upon the sea and his left foot on the earth and he cried with a loud voice as when a lion roareth and when he cried seven thunders uttered their voices and when the seven, seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write, and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. Verse 7. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished as he has declared to his servants the prophets. One more scripture. This is Hebrews chapter 12, and I've laid a lot of scriptures, but I think you can see where I'm going, and I'll, I'll try to hold through this over the next hour as, as we just minister on this, the Lord willing. Hebrews 12, and in this, it's a scripture that Paul is now picking up, and he is relating it to where they're at. You could, I won't read this, but in verse 18 to 21, He's talking about the mount that had blackness and darkness and, and it was a fearful mount. And then in verse 22 to 24, he, he relates to another mount that we've come to, spiritually speaking. And now in verse 25, he says, See that you refuse not him that speaks, for if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him that speaks from heaven. Now, I, I believe this happened in part, but I believe it's also for this day. Because it, it'll, it'll come a little further here. Whose voice then shook the earth, 
But now he has promised yet once more, I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word yet once more signifying the removing of those things that are shaken as of those things which are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Now, if I can just say this, remember this, a thunder is the voice of God. To some people, it's a thunder, and it's a mystery. But to other people, it is God speaking very definitively. And it needs to be emphasized that it's a thunder. And he says, wherefore we receive a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably without reverence and godly fear. We are standing today in the midst of a, of a world that is falling apart. We are standing in the midst of kingdoms that are falling apart. Uh, and and no, no matter what kingdom you look at, we've, we've, we've seen a prophet come on the scene in 1933, and he came, to an, he came to a river, and he was baptizing, and there was also a thunder. And there was also some that heard a thunder. But there was a voice, and the voice said, your message will forerun the second coming of the Lord. That, that when he received that, he also received seven visions. And of the seven visions, you can go through them, and I, I don't have the time to go into it this morning, but they are fulfilled one by one by one from, from, from the prophecy of, of the three great isms, and, uh, that fascism and Nazism and communism. The first two would be swallowed up by the last from the demise of Mussolini to the demise of Hitler who'd come to a mysterious end. All of these things have come to pass. The, the vision of the bubbled car. Friends, that, that used to be way off in the future. That's among us. It's modern events being made clear by prophecy. And, and it's to our rest that we can have these things. And we know if vision 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6, and 7 is really where we're at. 6, a woman rising in America could be the Catholic Church. A beautiful woman, he saw it. I believe that's all being fulfilled. And there's one more. And it was the destruction of America. And if you're going to call it America, may as well call it Canada too. A nuclear war. And all the world is, is trembling. And I can say this, we have a rest. Because he said, before one bomb will ever fly, the bride will take a rapture. That's our rest. And we, we don't have to tremble. And I, I shared this with you last week. Driving down the road when they invaded, and, and, and there's a talk show, and that's all the talk. You go into the coffee shops, and they're talking. All the words you hear, Russia and Ukraine and, and Putin, and, 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 and then there's swear words, and you can't repeat those. But there's, there's all kinds of things going on. But I'm listening to this talk show, and they said, now, this is very traumatic for you. We've got psychologists standing by to help you. There's a hotline, you call this number, they'll help you. Friends, we've got the biggest assurance there is. That's the Word of God. I, I, I picked up something, I just showed my wife the other day, about, you know, is Russia fulfilled in Bible prophecy? And there was one out of Huntley Street, and there was one out of somewhere else. And one guy's talking about Gog and Magog, and he's saying, yeah, that's Russia, and they identified this. But that's all beyond the, the rapture. That's beyond the tribulation period. That's actually after the millennium. 
So I'll tell you what, you, you get awfully confused. But we got something to rest on. There's a voice that we can rest on this morning. There's a voice you can hang your hat on this morning. Now, if, if we just take here, I'm going to just take a little preamble, but I, I want to just take, take a couple of thoughts. And I, I, I took a couple of things out of spoken word as the original seed, but let me just say this. Heaven and earth will pass, but this word will never fail. Furthermore, it says, let every man's word be a lie and let God's word be true. Now, not that we intentionally do it, but our viewpoint is not the same as the viewpoint of God. And I'll I'll say this, we are as much in the flesh and in the spirit realm still in a fallen state. But there needs to be a greater dependency on the word that anchors in your soul. And that word, because like anybody, you listen to a little bit too much news and you get a little bit, like you get a little discouraged. Not discouraged, but frightened sometimes. And I'll say this, there's a voice that you can come back to. It's not just the voice of William Branham, but there was a voice behind that voice, and that voice is still speaking today. It's still reverberating today, and we need to hear it for what it is. Now, in in spoken word is the original seed. Brother Branham would talk a little bit about it, and he's saying the word of God is eternal, and God speaks one thing. Once that word is spoken, it can never die. It lives on and on and on because it can no more die than God can die. He will go on to say the word of God continually goes on. It's like dropping a pebble in the middle of a pond and it keeps carrying on, on, on. Now, you can say, well, how, how can that be? It keeps on going. But when, when Brother Branham would talk about creation, he said, God would say, let there be light and nothing happened. Let there be light and nothing happened. And in the middle of, of all of that, he said, it may have been hundreds of years, maybe thousands of years. But when light was coming forth, it was the fulfillment of God's word. There's a vision that God has had, and I believe if you go back in the Old Testament, one of the prophets said, the vision, though it tarry, it shall come to pass. It will not lie. And everything that we have heard, it will not lie. And I don't know about you, but I I pick up quotes now that have been laying there for years, but they are my stabilization. They are my anchor. They're the very thing that I'm, I'm resting on. I'm not calling up a psychologist or a hotline. I'm not going into the bar. I'm not going to a marijuana shop. I'm I'm just resting on the word of God. That is our rest in this last day. Now he goes a little further. You know, you can take it right down to Mary. Because Isaiah the prophet spoke a word, a virgin shall conceive. And, And Brother Branham takes it, he says, now that word started circling the earth. And that word as it was circling the earth, it was looking for a womb that it could reside in. So it's not just in the speaking of, but now it's in the receiving thereof. And we need to be able to receive what God has spoken. So Mary, her heart was open. And I don't know how it started with her, if she was at the, at the, at, at the synagogue and she heard that. And maybe her heart was strangely warmed. Oh, there's something to that. And she'd meditate on it. And she'd do it. And I, I believe that's what we do with the word that we've been given. And God fulfilled his word in Mary 800 years later. So now Brother Branham goes on to say, and he speaks a little further. And he says, now, we have to come back to something that faith will rest on. 
And it's the word of God believing that this Bible is God's program for his people. And he, he goes on to say, he says, Now all the scriptures has got to be fulfilled. If it doesn't, it's not the word of God. And if it isn't the word of God, where are we at? Brother Simon Peter says, say, we met many years ago when we were in Africa, and he sent me a little quote, and it was such a good one. He, I, I, you know, we send these little quotes back, and I, sometimes maybe we, we get on, you know, let's just be in the word of God. But, you know, the Bible has a saying in, in, Ma, in Malachi 3, and in that day, the people that thought on my name spake oft with one another. I believe you can share quotes and you can do all of these things. And the Lord remembered them. And they shall be jewels in my crown that day when I make up. I believe it's good to keep it on our lips. To keep rehearsing it. To keep saying it. So he says, now, there's not one thing written in this Bible, but God has proved it by somebody. So God needs a witness. His program is he works through man. And he needs man to fulfill his word. He's proved it by somebody that it is the truth. And he says, um, it's, it's now 25 years and our faith that, that we almost 30 for someone to show me where the Bible contradicts itself. It's all truth. Don't try and interpret it. Just say it the way it says it. Don't put any privation. I believe that there's nothing else. So our, our, our absolute is the Bible, is the word of God. And the interpretation as it's been given by divine revelation in this last day. So that's, 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 that's our rest in, the, in this last day. Now, he will. I want to just bring this in quickly because I, I want to bring this to each one of us because... The truth is not just something that is in books and in tapes and, and it's something that's out there and the prophet had it, but truth has come to our hearts. The revelation of the seven seals was not just on Mount Sunset, but the revelation is the seals which sealed our heart from knowing it under denominational systems. That's the seal that's been lifted off of us that we can receive what truth really is. So now he'll say this about our voice. And, and he says now, our own voice will be our judgment. Our testimony will rise against us. Our own voices will echo in our ears when the great instrument catches every voice that's been spoke. You know, there's only one way. We've all spoken something that's not quite truthful. It's normally called a lie. And then the world has a way of saying it's a white lie. And, and there's something in us that doesn't want to come to truth. But I believe we, we come to truth and allow truth to speak to us. Yes, Lord, I'm wrong. So there's only one way to stop that voice. Repent. God alone can stop it. Otherwise, it meets you in eternity Therefore, God being perfect, his voice eternal, his own voice will have to catch up with it. Therefore, he must be perfect in every decision. Now, I'm, there's much more I could read. I've, I've really been in the message, the spoken word is the original seed. I've been in the a message, the way of a true prophet. I've been in other messages, but I, I am thoroughly appreciating what I have in this day. Not that happened back then, but how it actually sustains me in this day. Now, I want to just, just ask, we'll, we'll skip this scripture in 
Matthew, uh, Sister Ruth, I want to just go a little further, and I want to just take this and emphasize this a little bit and go just first to the book of Job, chapter 37. Maybe you can just put them up. I want to go to a, a couple of uh, scriptures here. Job chapter 37 in verse 1. Now, this is actually Elihu, if you pronounce it that way. But if you, you come to Elihu, uh, Job had three other comforters speak to him, so-called. And the comforters were not necessarily comforters. They were miserable comforters. And I, I don't want to be that kind of a comforter. Somebody that puts you down and tells you you're a secret sinner and somebody tells you, if I need a rebuke, I want to take it. But on the other hand, I, I want to be encouraged. And I believe that's the way God's voice is. He doesn't just pin you down and say, you're good for nothing, you're this. No, it's done with the purpose of correction and betterment in mind. And we need to be the same way. We need to be an encouragement one to another. We, there's a time for a rebuke. There's a time to lift up. But, but here are these three comforters that come to Job, and Job's in despair, and then they have nothing left to say, and this young man comes up, Elihu, and he says, listen, I, I, I'm young, and, and you're all older, and I kept my peace, but now you're quiet, and, he, and you know, he comes out, and he says, you know, he makes some statements that are really, I, I like it, they're really honest. Don't give me flattering titles, for in doing so, my maker would soon take me away. And then he says, great men are not always wise. Yeah, that's true. There's no man. That's why let every man's word be a lie. You, you can be a great man, but you, you can do some really dumb things sometimes. I, I don't want to go any further with that. But Anyway, he's speaking. And now in verse 37, he's, as he's speaking to him, and he says this in verse 1, At this my heart trembleth, it's moved out of its place, Hear attentively the noise of his voice and the sound that goes out of his mouth. He directs it under the whole heaven, his lightning unto the ends of the earth. After it, a voice roars and thunders with the voice of his excellency, and he will not stay then them when his voice is heard. God thunders marvelously with his voice. Great things doeth he which we cannot comprehend. I, we, we would look at William Branham, and I'm, I'm going to use that as an example. If you lived in the days of Elijah, if you did, lived in the days of Noah or Moses, if you even lived in the days of Jesus, to look at somebody, you would not, by the seeing thereof, discern what was behind that voice sometimes. And to look at William Branham, we would say, that, that is not something we detected. But as he began to speak, and, and to me, I, I, I recount in my own experience, when I, I'd heard the voice all my life, and it was background noise for much of my unsaved life, but when it began to take an effect, it was like a thunder. It was no longer William Branham that was speaking. It was no longer just the voice I'd heard playing on reel-to-reel -reel tapes when I grew up. It was something that was on another level. It was coming direct to me. 
And that's where it needs to come to every one of us. Because we don't want to come like Ezekiel, where he tells, Ezekiel has to rebuke the church, and he's saying, my people, they say, let us go to the house of the Lord, and hear the word of God. And, and, and they said, we'll hear what the prophet has to say. And they said, and, he, and Ezekiel says, you've just become a lovely song to them. Friends, I, I, I feel like we need to stop and take an account. It's not so much I'm a part of ETM or Anti Message Tabernacle, or I'm part of the message, but it's a personal voice that's speaking to us. And that voice needs to reflect in your prayer chamber, in what you read every day, and say, Lord, what are you speaking to me? We need to go up a little higher. We need to know our God. We, we don't need to just say I'm part of a group. Or, you know, and, and the message can become that. It can become common. It, oh, I've heard that voice. And I don't want it to become common. Because it's much, much more than something you put on and fall asleep to. It's much, much more than something you debate. It is God's voice to us in the last day. It needs to be received and, and embraced. So now, when, when he's talking here, he's saying it's a thunder. Now this is a voice that's on a different level. It thunders. You know, we, we live in, in Alberta and we were privy to getting thunderstorms. I'm actually looking forward to rain and thunderstorms because that means the snow will be no longer here. But thunderstorms, and, and where our house is situated, we're on the second floor, and we're kind of facing the northwest, or, and we have a window open sometimes. And, and uh, you know, every once in a while in the summer, it just gets real quiet. You know, and most storms come in from the west. So... You that are in Saskatchewan, if you get them, we didn't get them first. They came from somewhere else. We pass them on as they go on. But, but they, you know, it can be so quiet and we're asleep and, and, and we have the window open. It's hot. And, and I remember one night, it was just like this loud, well, it was a crack. And it was a loud voice and instantly I was up. And my wife was up. And, and we were like, oh. So when there's a thunder, it grabs your attention. It's not just, oh, that's a nice display. You know, I, 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 I'm thankful we don't have one of those churches that has, has, has the music and, and, and the, the light display and all those other things because I think I can take away from the real voice of God. And, and I don't want to get into that. But, but you know, so, so here it's, it's, it's very, it's on another level if I can say it. If I, if I can go just quickly over to Job chapter 40 real quick, just a couple chapters over, and now Job is speaking back, and God's speaking to him, and he, and he tells him, like, Mo, no, you know, Job, you've been at a pity party, you've been almost blaming God, you've been doing all these things, now stand up and gird yourself up like a man. Verse 7. Gird up your loins like a man. I'll demand of you and declare thou unto me. Will thou disannul my judgment? Will thou condemn me because thou art righteous? Hast thou an arm like God's? Or canst thou thunder with a voice like him? You know what? I'm, I'm so tired of the world we live in. The people that, that are in the world. And, and I am tired of political voices. I'm tired 
of, of hearing the opinion of our leaders and our opposition leaders. I'm tired of hearing talk show opinions. I'm tired of hearing worldwide leaders' opinions. I'm tired of, of even religious voices. I feel like I need to hear one voice. I need to hear a reassurance from one place. And it's not from that realm. Now, Brother Bannon would talk about it in, 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 in the message, and you know this quote very well, and, and I, I don't want to make it common, but he, but he would talk in the voice of God in this last days. There's so many voices in the earth today. And I would say social media and texting and all of those things, even though they, they, they all project that voice. And they said it actually deadens the voice of the supernatural. So many intellectual voices, intellectual conditions. Now, they can even shake the nations. Now, you've, you've witnessed that in the last two weeks. You've witnessed nations do an about-face from all that they had done for years, and they're turning intellectual voices. But in the midst of that, there's still another voice that's greater than that. Now, intellectual voices, he said, these are not overnight people. They can shake nations. They're great campaigns. They're flowery. And a person would be left a little confused how these things go on and prosper. And when these things raise up, it causes the voice of God to be placed way back somewhere, the true voice of God. Now, I'm, 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 I'm as human as everybody else in this room, and I would just say, I, I, my spirit was given to me. That's where the battleground is. That's, that's where the mind is. I, that my spirit's been given for me, and I can allow Satan to have free reign on it. But I, I believe as a son of God, I can take dominion over it. And what I allow in, and I can only allow in so much of CNN. I can only allow in so much commentary, even from other people that are in the message. But somewhere, I need to have a place for the true voice of God to be able to raise up in me. And I know, I know, I, I can tell it very quickly when I go and kneel down to pray, and it takes me a while to settle my spirit. And I, sometimes I have to put on music, I have to read the Bible, I have to pray, and I said, wash me from all these other things. I need to be able to hear from you now, Lord. Now it's my time with you. And, I, and, and over the years, Brother Harold brought this out, and it's, it's always stuck with me. Even Jesus Christ, who is in the flesh as we are, he would say he needed to spend much time in prayer to stay in fellowship with the Spirit that was in him. So the Spirit, the Holy Ghost that's in you, you can grieve it by getting too entangled in all these websites. You can grieve it. Listen, there, there's three powers. There's a the voice of politics. There's a power, demon powers. And there's religious spirits. They're all coming together. Be careful you don't get caught in too much politics. Be careful you don't get caught in watching things because there's another voice that we need to be in tune with. That's the voice that, that we need to just say, that's going to direct my path. And I'll tell you what, the thunder that, that, that has spoke to me out of this message, when it became personal, when it became real, when I had that experience with God, when I knew, and I'll tell you what, I, I, I have had good friends that are ministers in this message that I looked up to and I respected 
But when they deviated, I'm sorry, my friendship doesn't go with that. I'll always pray for you. I'll always do this. But I'm trained to one voice. I'm not trained to it. Because if you're not trained to this voice, you know, some, I'm not saying everybody that went off is gone. They're not, they're not lost. But I'm saying there's one thing you need to do. Brother Chad Lamb was telling me of a man in his church. And his wife had left the message and taken some of their children with them. And he kind of tried to hold the fort for a while. And he came to Brother Chad one day. He says, I want to let you know I'm not going to be in church regular because I'm going to go out there and try and win them back. Brother Chad said, you need to be here. You don't go on their ground. You, you can be loving and kind to them, but you need to hold what's true. Amen. And, he, and he went out, and he's now backslid. Friends, there's, there's, there's something, and I'm just saying, you need to stay. Eve listened too long to one voice. There's, there, the devil can come to you. I don't know who, who was said one of the, says, he, Brother Adam, I think, refers to it in the churches. He can come in a thousand ways, but God's voice is still the same. And I, I, I feel like that's very, very important. Brother Ed, what are you doing this morning? I'm just encouraging you, friends, that, that I, 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 I tell you what, I, I, I'll hop on a treadmill and I'll put on a tape. And I, I, I was just listening here the other day. I listened to uh, We Have a True Prophet once, and I went back and listened to it again. And I go, I needed that, Lord. Because Laodicea, there's, there's something in you that will subdue your senses. There's something in you that will say, oh, that's, that's the message, and that's brother so-and-so, and we'll just check in, and, and you know, and, and then we'll, we'll listen for a while, and we'll go back out, and, and the conviction that you may have been under here, you leave here, and it diminishes. Oh, well, oh, maybe I got a little caught up, and and all of a sudden, you're doing the same things you did before you came under that conviction. That needs to stop. We need to live the way we live in a home. We need to bring that to church. We, we, listen, we've come too far to play around anymore. We were at the prayer meeting the other night, and a brother's just praying, and I so appreciate it. Lord, keep the church clean. Don't let spirits come in here. I say this, we need to wake up. Don't let these things have, have a way in our lives. Don't drag them in with us. And if you have trouble, listen, every one of us has a weak point. And we need to continually keep that covered. We need to continually stay before God. And we need to be desperate. And the prophet says, you've got to be desperate or perish. Now, I, I want you to look at Brother Branham because he would come and he actually says this in the paradox message. And he said he had a minister rebuke him because of the vision he told of the black mamba snake. And he said, you've been given power to bind him. Speak to him. And he did. He spoke to it and that thing curled up. Now you can unloose him. And he did. And he said after that a minister came and criticized him. And he says... That's fine, he can criticize me. And Brother Branham said, I waited for years for God to give me that. And when it came, what did the voice say with it? Now to do this, you must be more sincere. And I would say, if the message came to the prophet, 
If the message came to the prophet and he was required to be more sincere, how much more ought we to be more sincere with what we're receiving? I, I, I don't feel like, oh, I listen to that tape. I listen. I, I listen every day because I've never heard it in the light of where I've heard it. Now, time slipping away. Psalms 29, just a couple more points here and then I'll move this into something. Psalms 29, this is verse 1. David says, Give unto the Lord, O mighty, give unto the Lord glory and strength, give unto the Lord the glory, do unto his name, worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The voice of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. Brother Branham, as he's speaking, you, you could read the rest of this, and, and you can read it, but I'm not going to take the time. Brother Branham would say, the voice of God, how will we know it? Because it's in a vindicated prophet. There was times when Brother Branham experienced things that became, you know, Brother Branham would talk about a prophet, but he says, a prophet's a special built man. God takes him up. He lets him look down the road. He sees the wrath of God coming. He comes back down and he speaks like it's right now. And if we're not careful... We take what he's saying right now and we let it diminish. I think we need to let it increase. And, and he, he speaks that, but it's God's voice. And, and, and so he comes back down. He speaks that way. And, and, and there were things he went through, you, you can listen to, that become very deep and personal. Uh, you listen to Choosing of the Bride. He, he was so caught in another dimension. That was not William Branham. That was the voice of God crying out, Los Angeles, repent! That voice still reverberates. And, 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 and then when he would talk about uh, souls that are in prison now, and it becomes even deeper and more personal, and, and he begins to cry out, and he's saying, Lord, this time will come. Could it be? And he, he cries out, out of himself, Lord, I've got children. Don't let it be. Now, you've you got to put yourself into where you're at. Listen, I, I'm just going to speak to you. I, I, I got notes, but I, I'm just going to speak to you. It's an amazing thing to me where the prophets spoke from. You can take, go back in the Old Testament, you can speak of of Joseph, here he was in a prison. Visions were spoken to him. He, he interprets the dreams. The supernatural is there. The butler and the baker, and he says, remember me. And the Bible says he sat in prison for two years. Now, you fast forward that, and you go up to Daniel, 70 years prophesied in the 68th year. He begins to... See, there's a time, and he began to be more sincere. 
So it was another two years. But that, that, that time was not wasted. It was Paul who was, it was Paul who was, it was Paul who was on the road to Rome and he comes before Festus, and as he's before Festus, you know, there's an argument, there's a disputation, and, and, and he's there, and, and, and he says, and Agrippa is there, and he says, no, just, just wait, just stay there. And, and here's the messenger of the age for two years sitting idle. Now, and I, and I look at it, there's been a lot of quiet for a lot of years. But I'll, I'll tell you what, there. These messengers, they knew the time. They knew it was in God's hands. And they were just in this quiet delay. Now, God would use these times because it was Paul who was sent down to a Roman prison. And while he was in prison, he starts writing letters. Not knowing these letters would serve the basis of the Old Testament. And then it was John... The revelator, banished to the Isle of Patmos. He's banished to Patmos and he starts a series of visions which encompass two years. But these visions were deadly accurate for the time that we live in. And I'm saying, they were all in a prison. That Patmos was a penal colony with snakes and lizards. That's where they put the most vile of the vile prisoners. They sent them to that island. Paul was in a Roman prison. But in the middle of that, the word of God went forth. And here's you and I in a prison to this world systems. But that word of God that came to the prophets is a word of God that comes to us in the midst of all of this. And it will come forth. Exodus 20, before it ever got to that, I'll just read this quickly, Exodus chapter 3. This is Moses on the backside of a desert, and he sees a burning bush. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 1, and the angel of the Lord appeared, verse 2, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire. The fire bush was burned with fire, the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, now, I want you just to look at how the Bible writes this. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And look at God's reaction. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see. And actually, you know, a brother put out a quote here the other day, and he says, nothing pleases God more but then to see his children fulfill his word. I believe that's still what attracts the attention of God. And when you have enough interest, whatever your need is today, when you have enough interest to seek God earnestly and to say, Lord, you alone have the words of eternal life. You alone are the one I can depend on. That's when he'll meet you. Now I will see this and when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him. Now here's the very call. This is the God that's going to thunder on Mount Sinai. But he's speaking to his servant already. Now, in verse, in, we could take this ahead, but in verse 
6, he identifies himself as the God of thy fathers, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and Moses hid his face. In verse 8, he makes this declaration, I am come down. So God's coming down, but I'm sending you, Moses. Now, so now God is making a declaration that he didn't make with Noah, that he didn't make in the same way with Abraham, but he's saying, I am come down. This is no longer just your voice, Moses. This is my voice in you. I am come down. You know, when, when, when Brother Branham, well, let me just finish this. I, I, could, I could read more. Verse 18. He says this. And you shall hark, and they shall hearken to thy voice, and thou shalt come, and the elders of Israel, and the king of Egypt, and you shall say unto him, The Lord God of the Hebrews has met with us. Now let us go. We beseech you three days' journey into the wilderness. So, and he tells him, The king will not hearken to you. I know he won't. But he says, He makes this definitive I'm sending you. My voice is in you. I'm in you. Now, this was a type of what God was doing. This was going to be the way for all the prophets throughout all the ages. You can, you can take, and I'm, I'm just going to take a couple examples out of way of a true prophet because Brother Branham would talk about Amos. And Amos, he would say, you know, he was, I like the way that this is phrased, the way of a true prophet. That means there can be false prophets. But the way of a true prophet. And so you'll say at Amos, you know, he says, Israel was in a time of prosperity, and then Jer- Jeroboam, I can almost, because I've listened to it twice now. He can, and Jeroboam comes, he's the king. The people are in the time of prophecy, uh, a time of uh, prosperity. And here comes Amos. He was a backwoods guy. He, he had, thus saith the Lord, he was a countryman. He had a gray beard. And I see him. He wasn't too glamorous. How different from the modern evangelist. Friends, let's never polish up this message. Let's never make the message so it's just nicely. It needs to be rugged sometimes. It needs to cut us. It needs to tear us. It's a time of purging. Listen, I may not have time to get into it, but you read Isaiah chapter 4. Isaiah chapter 3 talks about the daughters of Zion, and it talks about how the, the women would dress with earrings and all kinds of things, and they'd walk and mincing and doing things. And then it says in Isaiah chapter 4, that follows right after, it says, and then the Lord will have to purge the iniquity of the, of the daughters of Zion. And Zion refers to the bride. That means every one of us needed to be purged. I needed to be purged. I still need it. Amen. Every one of us needs it. Don't pick and choose the tapes you listen to. Take the ones that you think will do you some good. He says, he didn't care whether his, how much fashion, whether he was dressed right, whether his hair was combed right, whether anybody looked at him. And Brother Branham goes on to say, you know, maybe he hadn't taken a bath in a couple of days. And he says, that's okay. Now, Don't let this be a doctrine. He said, but sometimes we're too worried about the outside and we're not worried enough about the inside. He was bringing the word of God. What was his objective? He was rugged. He knew where he was standing. He was a true prophet of the word. 
He didn't come for prosperity. He didn't come for political gain. He was rugged. Friends, I, I, I need to say it. As ministers, it's in the words, of, again, of Brother Harold. He said, we need to continually be under a prophetic voice. If we're going to be effective, and you, you can go into a whole message Brother Harold preached on washing the priesthood. If we separate, as, if we separate, separate the priesthood from the prophet, then we'll for sure go astray. We need the prophet. This is God's voice. This is the thunder that shakes. You know, I, this, this may not be something new to a lot of you that are here, but you've got children, and we've got people that are here, and people that need to know the authority of God's Word and how it ought to affect us regarding the message. He says, Amos was considered one of the minor prophets, but he was one of the most fearless he knew what he was talking about. As he stood over the hill that glamour, of that glamorous city full of modern things that he never dreamed of, Israel was at its height. It was in alliance with all the other nations, very glamorous. The women dressed to the spot, the men, pleasure seekers, running races, Olympics. And as he stood over the hill, Brother Man just begins to describe it. He said, his eyes narrowed because he didn't see none of that. He just saw sin. And he says, and any man of God that'll look over a congregation and won't call out sin is not fit to be in the pulpit. So you say, Brother Ed, I don't, I don't like the tone of voice. I'm just trying to echo what we've already heard in this voice. Friends, it's time, if we're not careful, we've come to a place in the message where we're doing exactly what Israel's done. They glamorize the tomb of the prophet. And we begin to polish up Brother Branham and say, this is the place he did that. And that's all good. But we need to separate the man from the prophecy. And we say, I go to this church, and I got pastor so-and-so. I respect everything that God does through any God-called man. But don't lift up the man. Stay focused on the word. When you start to do it, you lift up a man. That's when you start to go away from God. I believe in respect for offices and things. But I believe also in honesty. Don't get fooled. I'm going to give an example. Brother Branham, when they started to worship him, and when they started to lift him on a pedestal, he was so grieved. He said, I'm going off the field. I'm going out of the pulpit. I'm not, I can't preach with these kind of spirits around me. And he called them out. And we need to do the same thing. Because the same spirit exists in the world today. We need to say we're under one God, under one voice. We're not under anything else. I could read more. These are wonderful messages if you so choose to get into them. I'm skipping much of this. Amos Chapter 3 talks about how he was one of these prophets. He said, surely the Lord God will do nothing, nothing except he reveal his secrets to his prophets. 
So that's, that's just exactly the way it has to be. Isaiah chapter 40. This is well known to all of us, just reading it very quickly. Isaiah chapter 40. And this is where Isaiah the prophet, he says in verse 3, The voice of him that cries in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. Now that's, that's rugged. That's hewing out. The prophets would hew out. I, I, I could, I want to just say it honestly. We can, I, I don't know if you're like me, but in this last little while, I have been more grateful than ever for the message I'm under. And I, I actually have felt, I've come in prayer a few times, even this last week. This is where some of this came. I came home on Thursday night. I'd had a long day at work. I, I was wiped out. I had a little rest. But I came home and something was so in my heart, I just had to kneel and pray. And I couldn't get up. I just was beginning to agonize. If the world could see where they're at right now. And I would, I would begin to agonize even in our midst. And I don't often do this because I... My wife will tell you, when I'm tired, I can just fall off asleep just like that. But I was under something, and I'm not trying to lift myself up or anything, but I'm saying the Spirit of God needs to be in us. And I began to agonize and pray for different ones. And I'm saying, may they catch it, Lord. May they not just superficially pass over. May they catch it. And I was under such a burden, I'm saying... Don't let us be caught in a religious spirit that masks sin. And, and, and it deceives you and tells you you're all right when you're not right. And you've got things in your life and you know you shouldn't have them. You know what you need to do is you need to get serious with God. Say, I'm going home one day. This is not to put fear on somebody, but this is a burden of the spirit. And I'm, I'm pointing at myself. And saying, Lord, before I ever preach, I want to live what I preach. I want it to be a life in me. Because the, the thunder that speaks in this day, it's, it's, it'll go from the prophet to the prophecy to the manifestation of a life. And the thunder that shakes the devil is the life that you live. Because when you live the life, when you live that message, then you can speak. And demons tremble. Then you can speak to situations. Isaiah has this. And he just drops this in. You know, it starts out so nice. Comfort my people. Speak comfortable words. And he says this. So here's this prophecy. And the Pharisees had this prophecy. And they were, they no doubt read it in the, two, in the synagogues and I called it the tombs, but it was to that. But I, they no doubt read it. And, and, and now it's, it's many, many years later. And if you go to Matthew chapter 3 with me, and in, in Matthew chapter 3 here, there's, there's a, a man starts to rise on the scene. And he's just like the prophets of old. He's, he's dressed in camel skins and, 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 and camel's hair and leather's girdle about his loins. And he's eating locusts and wild honey. And, 
and, and, and he comes out from nowhere. Nobody knew where he came from and nobody knew anything. But here, they're, they're reading about this prophecy. And no doubt in the, in the middle of the church, as they're saying, oh, it's a wonderful, it's going to happen one day. And then they're hearing this noise from the people saying, there's a guy out there on the River Jordan. He's, he's screaming and he's rebuking everybody. And, and, and at that moment, the prophecy changed to a manifestation. It was no longer prophecy anymore. It was a manifestation. And we need to see the word of God manifesting. Not just, oh, that'll come. That'll come. No, it's here. It's here now. We need to see it. So here's in Matthew 3. He comes. Repent ye. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And who are you? I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Brother Marion sang two songs that I wanted to sing. And I wanted to sing Days of Elijah. So Brother Marion, you are right in channel where we're going this morning. And thank God, that's God in our midst too. And the same John had clothes and dressed this and this. Verse 7. Now, he, no doubt the Pharisees say, are you going to come to our minister's breakfast? Uh, We've we got a little gathering, and we want to hear what you got to say. He didn't even have time for that stuff. The message was too important. And when he, verse 7, when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to the baptism, he looks at them, and no doubt, like Amos, his eyes narrowed. And he said, you generation of vipers. Where did he get vipers from? He lived in the wilderness. He knew vipers were not a good thing. He says, who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? I I want you to just now, this is the spirit that was on John. But that spirit was prophesied again in this last day. And it was prophesied to come. And when William Branham came, listen, he had no peers. He had no elders. He was just called of God. He walked alone and he listened to one voice. The message was too important. And he walked amongst them for many years. But at a certain time, in a certain season, the voice rose another level. And it said, don't stay in there. Come out from them, you people. He couldn't help it. Listen, friends, truth is not just something you have in a book. And you have in a bookshelf, you pull it. There's a spirit attached to truth. There's a spirit attached to error. Sometimes you don't know it, but your spirit that is inside of you, what you're feeding on, will tell you there's something wrong with what I'm hearing. There's something wrong with what's going on. Why? It's a spirit. Don't look at the intellect. Look at what's inside of you. I won't have time to read all of this. But he just, he, you read verses 8 to 12 and he just calls it out. No other prophet had a six-month ministry that did so much. And he wasn't just a prophet, he was more than a prophet. Because he was a dispensational prophet. He was a forerunner. Now, not only was he fulfilling Isaiah 40, but he was fulfilling Malachi 4, verse 5, part 1. Part 2 was going to come. And they had to fulfill it. And he had to fulfill it in a certain way. And, and, and listen, God always 
does things the same way. He has his nature, his way of doing it. And, and, and as much as you might not like to invite somebody to uh, you know, a service because, hey, they're going to speak about the prophet and, and, and that's kind of a stigma that the world isn't. It's the truth. You cannot speak about the end time without speaking about Malachi 4, verse 5. You, just like you couldn't speak about the first exodus without talking about Moses. Now this was a forerunner. There had to come another forerunner. The spirit of Elijah. I feel like I'm yelling and I, I, I don't want to yell. I just want to say I, I, I believe what I'm talking about this morning. Brother Branham would say, in the days of Samuel, the priesthood, he's talking about the church now, there was a priest instead of a prophet, and it got to be to such a place till the word was foreign to the people. They, they couldn't get it, you couldn't speak it, they didn't understand it. Paul said, if a trumpet gives an uncertain sound, he said, people are more trained to a church voice, a church trumpet. And he says, they didn't hear the real voice when it came to him. He says, if the church isn't trained to the voice of God, the gospel trumpet, what good does it do? I don't want this to be my opinion. I actually tremble to say that this would be any of my opinion. I want to echo the real thing, the right thing. I want that to be established in, in the church, not just in the church, but in our youth and our young people. I want it to be established in the generation that's growing up. Listen, where would we be today? Brother Harold, years ago, you know, he, he had a young man named Ed Hammermeister. He had other young men come up too. And people would actually rebuke him. I don't like to be practiced on. Where would we be today? I'm thankful for what God is raising up. How many enjoyed Brother John on Wednesday? How many enjoyed Brother Moses last two weeks ago? Brother Andrew, Brother Max spoke on the young peoples. That's God in our midst. That's the voice that's carrying on. We need to allow that voice. I may not have all the qualities Brother Harold had. I sure couldn't sing like him. What are you laughing about? But maybe God had it that way. So that some of you could be singers. So that some of you could do these things. I believe we're living in the hour where it's more than just William Branham. Where it's more than just a pastor. Where it's God in the people. Where it's God in the church. And I'm there to submit myself to that Holy Ghost. And even Brother Branham starts to take his attention off of what we're looking at for him. Don't look at me. I'm just a man. I was just, that wasn't me down by the river. He's starting to take our attention off of off the vessel, the, the, the individual born in Kentucky. That wasn't me. It was the angel that stood beside me. And then he goes on to say, oh my, now I'm missing it. You can read it, but he says, 
the Elijah of this day is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the Elijah of this day. In the message, what is the attraction on the mountain? He's going, now just think about this, because I, I really had, didn't have the time to get this out the way I'd like, but there was something that happened in Mount Horeb, Mount Sinai. There was something that happened at Mount Transfiguration. And there's something that happened at Mount Sunset. And just like the prophecy, Brother Branham, he speaks, and sirs, is this the time? And now, he's living out what's being fulfilled around him. Just like we're living out what's being fulfilled around us. And we need to see, as, as what's happening around us, the, the, the seals... When, when the seals were tore off, thunders uttered their voices. The thunders were, were thunders to the outside world, but they're the voice of God to us. A very real voice. It's not a denominational voice. It's a voice that's saying, and it's not even a message voice if I can use that. It's a voice that's personal. It's the original branch. It's God again. This will not denominate. And here's Brother Branham. He asked the question, what happened at Mount Sunset? What was it? It was God confirming his word. His promised word. Revelations 10, 1 to 7. And there's people that are still looking at the prophecy, but not seeing the fulfillment of it. Friends, it's not just Brother Branham. It's the mighty angel that's here. It's the headship. It's his voice. The hidden mystery of Revelations 10, the last message, fulfills exactly St. Luke 17.30. And then he says, And there shall rise false prophets and false Christs with great signs and wonders, insomuch it would deceive the elect if it were possible. People still in doubt. And as usual, the church is just as puzzled. Why? I asked myself this question at different times, I knew there was an attraction about the message. I, I've, I've used this, I have to use my own examples. I remember the first time I read where Brother Branham called men that wear shorts sissies. I thought, shorts? What's wrong with shorts? I grew up playing basketball. I wore shorts playing on the, on the hoop all the time. I played volleyball. Everybody wore shorts. Men wore shorts. I said, that's sissies. And I go... Surely he didn't mean that. And I, I kind of tried to override it. I thought, that, that, that doesn't mean much. And I remember going to a convention in 1984 out in Cloverdale. And, and we're out walking by White Rock on the beach, and there's just a couple of brothers. We're walking together. And I, it was a nice day. It was sunny. It was August. It was things. And I thought, ah, I just put on a pair of shorts. And as I'm walking with these brothers, they didn't say a word. God bless them. But they didn't need to. There was something thundering in my heart and said, this isn't right. This is sissy. <laughs> and that was the last day I wore shorts. Friends, that's when the voice thunders. That's when the voice becomes real. It's not somebody convincing you of it. You have to maintain the standard. No, it comes into your heart. It's real. It's thundering. This is God's voice now. It's not another voice. 
And he's saying, now listen, as he talks, if I don't get to all the message I wanted to, I'll, I'll take the part about another branch in a future service. But he says, look at this. He said, what happened there? Because what happened there, and he says, he talks about it. He says, judgment, look, I just threw up a little piece there. And he said, I was supposed to speak, and judgment struck the West Coast. Now, this is not the voice of Brother Branham. But it's God taking a vessel, and not just that vessel. Because if you go to the fourth seal, we read the quote last week, there'll be a group that will take the seven thunders. The voices of the seven thunders. They'll take it, and they'll speak. And he says, and, and they can call for flies if they want. Who's he talking about? A group that has the title deed again. A group that has the authority of the word of God behind them again. It's not just to stay with the prophet. But it goes from the prophet to the prophecy to a group of people. And he says this. The God of heaven promised that the evening time we'd have evening light. Three years ago, this was a mystery. This mystery was prophecy. And he says, what? Time is it, sir? But now it's history. He says, he says, the promise, it's past. The promise is fulfilled. What time is it, sir? What is this attraction? It's God fulfilling his word. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's not a prophecy anymore. It's a manifestation. Listen. There's a lot of voices. Listen, let's have musicians come because I'm not going to, I don't want to belabor this. There's more than I can get into yet today. But I want to encourage you. We all read. I, I, I doubt there's one person that went into the message outside of hearing Revelations 10 verse 7. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel. And after we read that and we, and surely it brought us to the fact that there's a messenger but after a while, we, we recognized out of all the novels and all the history and all of the English teachers we had, they told us, you never start a sentence with but. And so, oh, but. What happened before the but? Oh, let me go back up to the top. A mighty angel comes down. And when he comes on earth, and he sets his thing. And when he does, seven thunders uttered their voices. Where? On earth. So the thunders that were, that were on Mount Sunset, now we didn't hear it naturally, but it came through a voice. And it thunders in us. Uh, other people, I remember I'm hearing a message, and I'm working with a Catholic guy. I'm hearing it with not just natural ears, because I heard it when I was a kid. But I'm working with a Catholic guy, and I'm telling him, look at Revelation 17. That's the great whore. The Catholic Church. And he doesn't see it. Look at encrusted in purple and all these things. And it's thundering. It was like alive to me. And all he heard was, how could it be that God made it so real to me? And I heard that. And it wasn't just William Branham. Because you know what, what actually struck me? When you go in the Bible, is Brother Branham, he never pointed to himself. It always pointed to Jesus. And when you look at Jesus, he comes and he says, it's not me that's doing this. It's the Father in me that's doing this. Same spirit. So I, I realized, hey, this is more than just 
I, I listen to tapes. I'll always, he's got a special place. He'll have a special place in heaven. But I'll say this. The day that John, as much as he was fulfillment, and he said, here comes the lamb. Then John started to recede. He started to, I must decrease. He must increase. And Brother Branham, he was telling us, here's the one. I must decrease. He must increase. And you know, there's one more part to this whole story. It's in Revelations 8. Revelations 10, verses 8 through 11. And now we take this book and digest it and eat it and become one with it. And when it becomes one with you, oh, it's not so easy on the flesh. It's, it's oh, it tastes good in the mouth. I love the quotes. I love everything. But now I actually gotta, I gotta do things? You mean, you mean I gotta get rid of, of these spirits that are hanging around? Yeah, you do. You can't just come to church. You can't go into a rapture with spirits hanging on you. It's not gonna happen. You mean I, 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 gotta, I gotta pay tithes? I gotta do these other things? Yeah, you gotta do it. I, I, not, not because we're, we're begging for it. No. It's, I'll tell you what. It's just like when you do it, there's a, there's a resound, resounding conscience that comes from heaven. I did the right thing. That, that's what it's about. I'm sorry. I'm just lingering and such. But the last part of that, you must prophesy again. I, I, I tell you what. That's, it'll be a short, quick work. We may be in a prison like all the prophets were, but there's something God's doing. There's something that's happening. We may be like those that marched around Jericho, but we're coming up to our day when we're going to shout with one voice, and everything's going to fall before us. Friends, I'm glad I don't have to trust in the leaders of this world to solve the problems. God's going to solve the troubles. Let me just share this with you. Brother Barry sent me just a three-minute clip of a brother, one of the ministers in Ukraine, just a little audio clip. And they had gotten together at a meeting last fall, and one of the church was, a, was applying for a registration, and, and he, he'd had a vision, or he'd had visions before, and he had a vision. And in this vision, he saw a black hand that was supposed to sign a paper, and it wasn't going to sign it. But then this white hand came behind and it forced this black hand to sign it. And they thought, it's, it's about our church. And you know, the, well, you're not getting the registration. God's going to make a way for it. And now you're asking the question, is it bigger than that? Is it going to be because the bride has to be sealed? They have to come in. And until they come in, God's going to hold back destruction. Listen, in Revelation 7, he held back the four winds, which was destruction. He's still holding it back because the important thing is a bride has got to be ready. A group of people has got to be ready. The voice has got to be in her. And if God's got to hold back whatever's happening in Russia, hey, I'm not trusting in peace and man. I'm trusting in God who's got this in his control. Let's stand together. That was a really broken up message, but I... Trust out of the middle of it, you got my heart. Amen. Brother Andrew's going to speak tonight, and I'm sure his will be much more refined than what I've done here. Sorry to put that pressure on you, Brother Andrew. How many love the, love the Lord? Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, since Brother Marion sang all my songs, I don't know what I'm going to sing now. But uh, <laughs> wow, wow, wow. You know, there's that song, Brother Marion. I don't know if you know it. John, maybe you know it. I'm sorry if I'm going to cut you out. Who is like unto our God? Can we, do we have that? 
Can we sing that? You know, you can, you can look under all of these things. We had the prayer meeting the other night, and I was just reading Isaiah 37. Hezekiah has armies all around him, and he's got a letter of threatening. And he takes this letter before God, and he says, Lord, look at what they're saying. And then the answer that comes back to him and says, who is this guy, this Sennacherib, this king of such and such? He says, I'll put a hook in his nose and I'll drag him out from among you. And he's going to hear a blast when he comes back home. And you follow the scripture through, he, he comes back home and he's killed by his own sons. That same God is on the scene today. Whatever trouble we're facing, who is like unto our God? Who is like unto his voice? Who, who, what nation, what kingdom? Nothing compares to him. Well, Brother John, you're going to need to help us with this. Go ahead. He stretches the heavens like curtains before him. He forms every star and he calls them by name. He does not grow weary. His strength knows no end. The greatness of our God, none can comprehend. Who is like unto our God? Who is like unto our God? There's no one before Him, no one beside Him. There is no
His love is unfailing and flows like a river worthy of glory and honor, power and praise is our God. There is no one like our God. No, there is no one like our God. And the earth is filled with His glory. The heavens resound with His praise. And all of creation declaring that there is none like Him, no one like Him. And the earth is filled with His glory. The heavens resound with His praise. All of creation like him tell you what whenever you get like you're in a hole or you're you're just boxed in by the enemy start to just think about how great he is think about how how many wonderful things he's done and start to praise him start to worship him you know the demons can't stand it when you worship him oh he's worthy of worship what a mighty God we serve what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we 